0: On this episode, we talk with David Zoba about High O, a group that's curating pop-up collections of foreign brands in some of the top malls of North America. Plus, we're going to learn about Appear Here from CNBC reporter Lauren Thomas. This is a group that lets retailers lease urban retail space by the day. Retailers you've never heard of are clamoring to sell you things, but they need help. (laughs) My name is James Cook. I research retail and real estate for JLL. You're listening to Where We Buy, the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. Every week we have conversations with fascinating people and visit shopping spots across the nation. Before we get into the show, I wanted to tell you about the new Where We Buy skill that we've got for Amazon Echo. Just tell her, enable the Where We Buy skill. Once it's enabled, you can listen to the podcast wherever you've got an echo. You can leave and come back later, and it'll remember your spot for you. Right now, it's in the United States only, but it's coming to Canada soon. And if you like the skill, after you install it, rate and review it at Amazon.com. If you happen to be walking around Roosevelt Field Mall on Long Island in New York, and this is on the main level near Dick's Sporting Goods, you might have come across a store full of brands that you've probably never heard of before. This is The Edit, and it's a space at the mall for pop-up stores. It's currently being curated by the team at High o So who are these brands and where do they come from? David Zoba of High o is also on the JLL retail leasing board. So. I gave him
1: a call. Hi, James. I'm David Zoba, uh, chairman of AOL's Global Retail Leasing Board, but I'm also the founder and co-founder of uh, Direct Brands uh, with Larry Meyer and Sever Garcia and Herb Herb Kleinberger, and we are building a platform to bring both international brands to the U.S. and also a platform for e-commerce brands that want to grow in the U.S., we are currently operating uh, at uh, Simon's Edit Project, very innovative project Simon did at Roosevelt Field Mall in Long Island. But we also did uh, two pop-ups at Cadillac Fairview's uh, best malls in Toronto over the holiday. We did uh, one at Sherway Gardens and one at uh, Eaton Centre in Toronto. And it, and at each of those, we uh, through our brand Hio H I O, we host. Uh, six to eight international brands. We actually have a library of 35 international brands that want us to introduce them, incubate them in the U.S. And uh, Ohio, uh, we have started. We're walking before we run. We're doing uh, what I often call retail programming. And I think you're going to see more of that uh, in the U.S. where people ask... uh, platforms like ours and others to 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 come in and, and perhaps even temporarily uh, add energy and excitement and, and a difference to their retail space and sometimes these retail spaces are going to be in uh, retail centers but sometimes i think they're going to be in office buildings and even in the uh, uh, platform podium of uh, residential at times where people really look for something new something different and uh You need a platform because not everybody wants to invest fully in the infrastructure necessary to have stores in the U.S., and I would say that's the case for both international brands, but it's also the case for e-commerce brands. I mean, I've met with many of them out in San Francisco where I live part year, and they are great brands. Some of them uh, are great in the e-commerce space and in the social media space. But not many of them are keen on doing bricks and mortar store. Many of them are uh, reluctant. Frankly, it's just not in their DNA. The e-commerce brands to do to have a stores organization and to have uh, a real estate group and a construction group. And and what our goal is is to do multi-brand retail with three to five retailers in stores of 4,500 square feet under the Ohio label but uh, each brand will be very much represent itself. We want their fixtures. We want their inventory. We actually want their supervisory employees so that they're training our people to sell like they would like to have uh, sell in their own stores and like they do. What's been interesting, James, is uh, some of the brands we have, one in particular, Parfois, for example, P-A-R-F-O-I-A-S, which I just saw in Barcelona last week, but it has 700 stores in Europe. So these are not little startup brands. Some of these are dominant brands in their own market, but are not in the US for any number of reasons. And you know, people who travel to MAPIC or other events in Europe uh, meet with a lot of brands and it's and that's really the genesis of our direct brands group. Uh, Larry Meyer and I were over at MAPIC and we met with some European brands that know that the U.S. is a great market, but it's an intimidating market to uh, many internationals. And Ed, frankly, you know, you and I know the history. There are a lot of brands that have come to the U.S. and not succeeded. And even some of the best brands, uh, you know, the, the Zars and the H&Ms and the Uniqlo, have really, uh, while they're succeeding today, people forget that it's taken 15 or 16 years for them to really have the traction that they've often had within one year in some of the European countries where they start.
0: So both for the online retailers, they're they're testing the waters of physical, and then for those international retailers that aren't in the U.S. yet, they're testing the waters of the U.S. and and seeing if it makes sense. How how long how long do, does a brand typically um, uh, open up a space uh, in in one of your one of your pop-up projects?
1: Well, we've had Parfois and, uh, Campo Marcio from Rome and, uh, Hawker's sunglasses from Spain. Uh, and they are with us, uh, as as long as, you know, we've been in operation. Uh, we are looking, uh, we're not quite ready to announce, but we're going to do our first stores this fall, uh, in at least two malls, uh, two of the best malls in America. And, uh, that's that's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you this is not uh is not as easy as it sounds because uh, these brands while they are great in their own countries, they really are unknown in this country and it's not an easy thing to uh uh get through the noise in the US. They're, the US is a very competitive market and uh it's it's taking uh effort on our part, on their parts to to really but that's why we think some of the best real estate, some of the best malls uh where where people appreciate an international uh, and a, and a point of view that's different. Uh you know, there some of these this these would be the only opportunity to buy Parfois for example in the US. And Parfois is a uh is an accessories and brand. It's some some they view it as an alternative to Zara. I mean, it's uh it's got some great stuff but uh, a little lower price point than Zara and uh and Anyway, we, we hope to, our goal is to introduce new and exciting brands to more consumers uh, in the US. That's really our mission. So you really
0: offer, is it a turnkey service that you're offering to, to these retailers? All they provide is the product and the training.
1: Simon has created a space in Roosevelt Field where they have their own fixtures, and so we're really operating in their space. But our goal is to operate in our own space with fixtures provided. Uh, and fixtures unique to those brands. So we'll get so, in addition to their inventory and and some operational uh, supervision, we will get the fixtures from those brands so that we can weave it together. And uh, you know, I I just think you're going. It's it's in some ways it's like a food hall with uh, different brands operating where they really look like themselves. But the trick is to integrate them into a smooth looking. Uh, space what what our concept allows though is you can appreciate some economies of scale we'll have a single back of house, single restroom, a single uh, point of sale in the front and and shared employees that can manage different brands so uh you know if a brand tries to do it on their own, they need to do every one of those things by themselves, including then build out the store, make the deals with uh, some of the landlords that candidly they don't know very well. And so that's where we who've been operating, uh, you know, like myself when I was at Gap and Larry was with, uh, Forever 21 and Uniglo. We're very familiar with landlords throughout the country. And so we've been able to uh, work with them. And frankly, landlords, I will tell you, are very excited about this, uh, as are the brands. So, you know, the question is, are the consumers going to be excited? But the landlords, as you fully appreciate, are hungry for new and fresh, and uh, this represents to them an opportunity to bring in four to six brands, and our goal is if some of these brands resonate, we'll then uh, either take them on the road or grow them in the U.S., and some of them will turn into uh, single brand stores in some of the. and that's why I think the landlords are similarly interested in it.
0: So, David, I know you've got experience um, from your days with Gap of, of opening up uh, American stores in, in foreign countries. Uh, how does that translate? Is that a similar hurdle to opening up foreign brands in the U.S.?
1: You know, it is. And it's, uh, that's why I think, uh, you know, the idea came to be in part because at Gap, there are certain countries where we had to have a partner, uh, sometimes in the Middle East by law. Sometimes because the market would be too small that we didn't want to put the big Gap footprint into a market, even a market as large as Australia. We did franchisees, and when we thought about it, there really are not in the U.S. Uh, good franchisees for these brands. And sometimes uh, the desire is really to to test the water without making the huge investment it takes. And so, uh, yes, your your question is, we would do the turnkey. Basically, we do the build out, we make the real estate deal, uh, they operate the brand uh, inside our inside our Ohio umbrella space. Is this something that's only gonna work in your major
0: u s cities where maybe the shoppers are a bit more sophisticated?
1: I think that's the first place it'll work because those people are already you know looking for international brands, looking for brands with a difference, so they're your natural customer. We actually have almost 300 brands that we have talked to, but there are 35 that we consider our portfolio library that we will pick and choose. And sometimes it's conceivable that we would do two stores in a center because uh, we we group these brands by category. So sometimes we may have a children's where we have, uh, you know, toys and accessories and a little bit of clothes and uh uh, and and you know it's we're really not focused I should point out on apparel. Apparel's a tough business, you know. Uh, Larry and I have been in it forever. It's a lot of discounting. I mean, you know the uh the track record and the difficulties some of the r- women's to, uh, women's ready-to-wear retailers have had over the past 5 years in the US. <clears throat> so, we're liking uh higher margin uh accessories and uh cosmetics and you know, but but again, we think we can do some of these high stores where we really uh, build around a theme, whether it's children's, whether it's, you know, uh, chic West Coast, uh, whether it's high fashion and various things that might allow us to do uh, more than one store and add, you know, as many as four brands in one store and six brands in the next. So we might have as many as 10 new brands on. and And the beauty of this is, if the brand doesn't resonate, we shuffle it out and put in one that does uh, because it's not a huge investment on our part for the inventory because they're providing it, and so we can uh, we can we're allowed to uh, move them out if if they're not working and try another brand. So you know, I think again, that's our mission is to introduce uh, uh, additional new brands to to consumers in the U.S. and uh, that's kind of how we build around our story
0: so you must have you've got a single point of sale for all of the all the brands so you can sort of track how successful they're being i imagine day to day if not hour to hour right
1: Uh, daily you are right and so we really can keep track of it you know uh, one reason we haven't done any e-commerce brands yet but but it's a perfect platform for e-commerce brands as well and and i think that'll be next uh the the beauty of e-commerce brands is that they know how to market themselves better than these international brands. The international brands we're going to have to market it and the and the real estate's going to have to market it and the customer the customer always has, you know, notwithstanding customers who say they want new and fresh and different. Everybody says that, but but when they see it, they sure like the brand that they know. And uh that's been a challenge I think for a lot of new brands to break in. And, and that will continue to be a challenge. So it's it's what I like about the e-commerce brands eventually is that they uh, uh, do some great social media marketing. And uh, sometimes they come with a ready-made cu- customer base that loves, you know, you recall I was at Gap. And uh, I think the greatest success story of, of clicks to bricks is Athleta, which started as a, a catalog company. Gap bought it, turned it into an e-commerce brand, and put it on the Gap Universal platform, which you know really jump-started things because that has so many views. But then they realized that they were only going to grow so much. And I think every e-commerce brand realizes this. They're only going to grow so much as an e-commerce brand. And if they want to go to that next level, they need to do bricks and mortar and allow that customer to touch it and feel it and talk about it and tell people to go see it and you can only do that with some great bricks and mortar stores, so we think uh they will be some great candidates for us go going forward
0: so how long um do you plan on being at edit at Roosevelt Field?
1: We'll be there for another uh three months at least uh and we will hope to open our first high stores uh, hopefully this fall uh we are talking to you know we we really are generating some great interest and frankly uh there are a couple groups that are building out new centers that would like to do a much bigger concept as much as twenty thousand feet and uh, again, we would get great support from the landlord because the landlord they like this idea of almost using it as a an attractive anchor and market it as you know come see brands that you can only get and there are lots of shoppers that obviously love unique product and want you know are tired of the same old and Would love to see something uh, from Europe. Most of the brands are from Europe now, although there's no reason uh, we can't get some from, you know, on the West Coast. We've we've talked about uh, Korean cosmetics brands. I think there's tremendous interest in that, and uh, no reason why that can't be part of our platform.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, David. Uh, Have a great rest of your day, and I imagine I'll be seeing you in Las Vegas before too long. Absolutely. (laughs) See you in (laughs) Las Vegas. Okay. bye -bye. Bye bye now hi is one of several groups that's trying to make it easier for brands to crack the U.S. physical retail market. But let's say you've got an online-only apparel line that you think would be perfect for you know, a little boutique in, say, New York City. Another group is making it easier to rent retail space by the day in prime urban locations. Lauren Thomas, uh, who covers retail and retail real estate for CNBC, just wrote a piece about this group. I got Lauren on Skype to hear all about it.
2: So my name is Lauren Thomas, and I cover retail and retail real estate for CNBC.com.
0: So Lauren, are we talking to you from like the news floor at CNBC right now? (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah. So, so we are actually uh, based in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Um, so I do that uh, reverse commute every day. I live in the city, but our headquarters is here. So, so you'll see this is where we produce um, the majority of our shows. So anything from worldwide exchange uh, in the morning to uh, power lunch uh, takes place here. So, so definitely the, the full operations. And then we've got our digital team here uh, writing stories for the website as well.
0: So we've got a lot of vacancies um, in certain retail sectors right now, and it seems like an opportunity. So you just reported on um, a company that's taking advantage advantage of that. Tell tell us a little bit about that.
2: Uh, I'll preface this by saying the company is called Appear Here. They were based in London. Um, and I had gotten to know them when they made the leap um, and moved into the the u s. and they started in New York. Um, but my, so the article that I wrote tied in with the fact that they are, it's their one year uh, anniversary. So they're celebrating uh, a year in the u s. And they, um, I guess CNBC shared the news that they will, Um, in a few months, they'll be moving into other markets. So they're starting in California as well. Um, So just really, I think really just starting to pick up um, speed and we will probably see a lot more growth out of them. um, And talking to uh, some of the members of their management team, they even hinted at the fact that they, they're starting to talk to department stores and malls um, to try to work with, with some of the mall owners even. And, and the whole idea, like, you said, is to try to help uh, fill some of these vacancies that that we're seeing, and obviously a lot more of them too in in certain markets this year.
0: What are they offering? What's like... What's on their website?
2: So if you go to appearhere.com, essentially what you will find is a marketplace. I guess is the best way to describe it, and and it's for pop-up shops. So everyone's heard about the the pop-up uh, phase, but it appears that that is not going to be ending anytime soon. Um, you know, and essentially what a pop-up is 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 a shorter-term lease. So appear here will you know they're scouting the market, and it started in New York, and they're looking for any any vacant space out there and and then they'd go to the landlord and and I guess you know they're working deals with them kind of on the back end and bringing that space then onto the appear here Platform, so you'll go on to their their website today, and I'm looking at it right now, and you'll see spaces in in Soho, on the Upper West Side, um, in Hell's Kitchen, just all across New York. Um, they have real estate that, uh, if you're a retailer or you're you're a tenant looking for a space for a shorter period of time, you can instantly go in. Um, they even show you very clearly on the website how much a space will cost uh, per day uh, and you go in and, and you can sign up for that. So totally bypasses, you know, the traditional, broker brokerage firm that you might have to use, um, in, in, in finding a space and, and you can book it all through their website. So they're just, you know, their goal is to make it as easy as possible, especially if you're a new brand. Um, a lot of these e-commerce companies starting online, they might not know how to, how to find a space or, you know, how to, how to go through this process. So they're just trying to make it as easy as possible. And, you know, like, they, we've got some great examples in the story, but they've they've been really successful even with um, some big celebrities. I know they always tell me the story of they did a, a pop up shop for Kanye West once, so it's it's all over the place.
0: From like a property owner perspective, they're probably um, they're probably going to them and saying, "Hey, you've got this empty space that you're trying to get a long term lease on." For the short term, why don't you put it on a pier here, and you know, maybe you get you know somebody to lease it for a week, get a little bit of extra money, gets to activate the space.
2: Especially for some of these landlords that you know, maybe they're holding out and and trying to find the uh, the right tenant. Um, like you said, maybe this is a good a good opportunity, uh, at least in the interim, to fill that space.
0: So the problem I see, you know, just playing devil's advocate with this self service model is that you don't really get the advantage of somebody who's like a real market expert, you're just kind of like picking something off of a website and hoping it works. But I guess on the other hand, you're only paying a few thousand bucks, you know, for a day. So if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world.
2: What they've done with other retailers, like I know they've done this with Topshop here in New York is actually taken space within uh, an existing retail store. Um, Maybe even it's just like a little, like a little alcove or a, a tiny, um, I don't know a, a kiosk within a store um, where brands can even just activate that space for a short period of time. So um, I, I just think it's it's pretty cool that you know these opportunities might might have been hard to find elsewhere, but they they do come in and and kind of open up the doors for. Um, Except especially young brands that just just want to get a start. But you're totally right. I mean, they're definitely I don't think it's a uh, it's a permanent solution for everyone.
0: The article is the titles meet the company helping fill a sea of vacant stores in the US. And it's on um, the CNBC website. We'll put a link to it. Uh, in the show notes to this episode. Lauren, the next time we have an interesting news story that pops up, we'll have to have you come come back and talk about another story that you've covered.
2: Will do. Thank you again for the opportunity. I appreciate it. We'll
0: talk again soon.
2: (laughs) All right. Bye.
0: Bye. Retail pop-ups are relatively new, but they're growing. Appear Here has shown us that people who sell stuff online want to have stores. Those people just aren't always willing or able to sign a long-term lease. HIO shows us that the U.S. is one of the great global retail markets and brands from everywhere would love to take a crack at selling here. But not unlike those nascent e-commerce retailers, they want to test the water before they jump in headfirst. When I travel abroad, I love checking out local independent and chain stores. I've got a question for you. What's a foreign chain that you'd love to see come to your country? If you tell us about it, leave a message on the Where We Buy hotline. We'll use your message on an upcoming show. Be sure to tell us your name and where you're calling from. You can give us a call at 602-633-4061. And if you're calling from outside the U.S., the U.S. country code is one. Last week, we talked about a new food hall in St. Louis, the Eatery. A listener called in to recommend her own favorite food hall.
2: Hey, James. Um, love the podcast. And I came across a comment or a message that you had put out about food halls recently. Um, and I really wanted to recommend the call market food hall in Brooklyn, New York, um, What really sets it apart from a lot of the other food halls is the really strong programs that
1: they have. I know on Mondays, um, some of my friends who live in downtown Brooklyn take their kids there. They have someone that does really cute kids' performances on Monday mornings there. Um, And I just happen to chance upon on weekends, they do have busking programs in the little corner by the escalators to get all of the customers coming down towards the food hall on the basement floor. So I think it's it's a little stronger than a bunch of other food halls that we have here in New York City. Something to check out. All right. Thanks.
0: So, yeah, I have to get uh, to Decab Market Hall. I've been drooling over YouTube videos of the vendors ever since I first got this voicemail. Um, DeKalb is in the basement of City Point, which is a uh, retail development in downtown Brooklyn. It's been on my to-do my two-visit list since it first opened last summer. They've got 40 vendors. It's 60,000 square feet. It's certainly the biggest food hall um, in New York, if not one of the biggest in the nation. And uh, it's going to be on the top of my list next time I get out to the city. If you work in retail real estate, you're probably going to be at Recon in Las Vegas. It is fast approaching. With 30,000 people there to meet, a ton of educational sessions, plus, hey, some of the best retail in the world on the Las Vegas Strip, there are tons of things to look forward to. But I just want to tell you about two. The first thing is called Let's Get Social, uh, and it's a chance to meet up with old and new retail real estate friends. It's on Sunday, May 20th at the Aria Sports Bar in Las Vegas. You can sign up and get more info at letsgetsocial.info. We're not sponsoring this event in any way. It just sounds like fun, and I'd really like to hopefully meet up with a few listeners in person while I'm there. The second thing to tell you about is a panel that Lauren Thomas, who we just talked to with CNBC, is moderating. It's called How to Attract E-Commerce Brands to Your Vacant Storefront. And that's going to be on Monday, May 21st at 10 to 11 at the Spree Educational Hall. So Lauren is moderating and she's got uh, panelists from Storefront, Ashkenazi, Untuck It, and Eastern Consolidated. While we're in Las Vegas, we're certainly going to be recording some new interviews and store visits. You're not going to want to miss them. The way to make sure that you don't is to subscribe. So go on to your iPhone podcast app or Spotify and search for Where We Buy. Or you can go to wherewebuy.show. Hey, or... Tell Echo to enable the Where We Buy skill. If you want to see more retail research, go to jllretail.com and click on Retail Intelligence. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at James D Cook, or on Instagram, and that is J A M C O O, Jamco on Instagram. Our theme music is "Run in the Night" by the Good Lords, under Creative Commons license.